This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's that week of the year where brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, families up and down the valley draw the line in the Willamette mud, take sides, and chirp like cats and dogs. Meow. We need more dogs. Or maybe the Hatfields and McCoys. War's long over, Jim. There's no north, no south. Just people who got money and people who ain't. Perhaps the Dirts and Sprags. Like you beeves, man. You're a baseball school. Is that unfair? You're not. Smart ass. <laughs> Just Can't wait to beat Oregon the last game of the year. <laughs> no, like ducks and beavers. Somebody stepping a duck. You've been lecturing the beaver for 13 years now. He's still pretty stupid. It's time for the 126th plane of the game that no longer has a name for fear of being canceled. Calm down. Strap up and pick a side with Dirt and Sprague on 1080. <laughs> The fan. All right, hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here. Mike Doc Parker is going to join us at seven thirty. I want to uh, stay in the National Football League. We love to talk a lot of NFL on Tuesdays. We'll get into some college stuff. We'll get back into college coming up. Um, obviously, Doc at the bottom of the hour. But uh, Troy Aikman, you referenced Troy Aikman last night on SVP, and I, I too also saw that hit. And I thought you were going to reference this, and you didn't, and so I will. Troy Aikman just went out and said, if I was in a position to hire any coach I wanted, Mm -hmm. I'd hire Kyle Shanahan. And I know it's it's just Troy Aikman's opinion. He obviously played the position, had a lot of success, but his his opinion doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all. I was thinking about that, though of if you had your pick of any coach in the NFL, who would you go with? Do you know who you'd go with, or would that be something that, like, it would take you a while to come up to an answer? Because I I think Troy, people uh, were referencing this on Twitter, people think Troy loves the Niners because it looks just like Dallas, where it's the quarterback doesn't really need to be the hero here for the team to thrive and have success. Yeah. If you go look at Troy Aikman's numbers, they're really not that impressive. No, they're not. But he had a great, successful career, and so here you go, Hall of Fame guy. 
Do you agree with Troy Aikman, though? Uh, it's, I mean, I don't think you have a wrong answer here. Like, if you, Sean McVay just won a Super Bowl. If you told me you'd rather have Sean McVay than Kyle Shanahan, I, Okay, I, I'm not going to really disagree with. What you do we there. make of that Rams situation, though? I mean, that is a they they said f them picks, and now it's oops, and now Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. is in concussion protocol again. They can't stay healthy. Uh, you know, you had your left tackle retire after being there for so many years. Like that's just, but I'm I'm not necessarily surprised. Maybe it's one of those things we should have seen coming because of the age of some of the guys on their roster, and it's just hard to go do it again. Like you lose the push, you lose the journey. Uh, when you finally win one, and we haven't seen a team win back-to-back Super Bowls in two decades in the NFL. So I'm not going to judge McVay for for that. I think it's more so a situation like we saw Kyle Shanahan go through in years where his teams were incredibly banged up. Like Kyle Shanahan's win-loss record as a head coach is not, it does not jump off the page. But nobody questions his ability as a head coach because when he has a capable starting quarterback, which Jimmy G is, he's not elite, but he's capable, he wins games at a pretty high level. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd take Shanahan. He'd definitely be in my top probably four of coaches in the NFL I'd want to He's hire. He's in the top three or four. Like You cannot give me three or four names that you would rather have. Belichick, maybe, because he's got the history there, so if you want to go Bill. Anymore. No, you, okay. you hired Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator. I'm out I'm with on you there, now. but he's also he lost his top corner in the offseason. They didn't use a draft pick on a defender, or their first draft pick on a defender, and they have like the best defense in the NFL again. No, I mean, like he is yeah. he is Kyle Shanahan on that side of the football. Now his offense, don't yeah, I I got no argument there. But Shanahan at least has an ability to go get a guy on the opposite side of him and yeah. says that guy knows what he's doing. He had Robert Sala. He's got D'Amico Ryan's now. I also give credit to John Lynch there. They have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Well, they do, but you still have to have the right to sit. Like it is one of the more underrated, talked about narratives that we talked about going into the year. The New England Patriots offensive coordinator is Matt Patricia. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, your six Super Bowls are great. You're one of the all-time, if not the all-time defensive minds in that sport. It's also okay to say out loud, that is an embarrassment on a coaching front that you made the decision to have Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator for a second-year quarterback yeah. that you spent a first-round pick on, by the way. I don't disagree with what you're saying. And so, like, I'm out. I don't need a 71-year-old coach. I would be going way more younger than that. You're going, I'd look at the Bills guy, McDermott, Shanahan, McVay. Um, trying to think who we else I We haven't I'd mentioned Andy Reid yet. Andy Reid's definitely in there for me. Um, just And, I again, I know I just said no thanks to Bill Belichick because of age, but I don't know. It just... There's something about Bill that's just this ego and hubris involved, and he has a right to it because he's won so much. You cannot look at New England right now and say they're a legitimate threat in the AFC, not in any one way. No, but if I put them in the NFC, I think I would make an argument they'd be – I would pick them, maybe not to beat a Minnesota or a Philly, but be in competition with them. I wouldn't pick them against Philly. I'd Minnesota, maybe. Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota's a team that's like, what do you do with that? Yep. A negative point differential at 8-2 and two, – absolutely thumped i bet the over of the game i couldn't get one touchdown from minnesota one touchdown in the over hits no help because it's a 40 to 10 game and they could they basically quit in the fourth quarter the fourth quarter came they pit they put nick mullins in and they said nah we don't even want to try here we want the game to be done i don't know what you do with it i i will say i'm gonna go the opposite way of everybody i still think minnesota's a really good team they, we were going to overreact to Minnesota losing their next game no matter who it was or what the score was. You could say a great team beat them by a field goal. 
a bad team beat him by a field goal, you're still going to go, see, frauds, can't win with the best. Or, see, can't win, can't beat one of the middle-of-the-road teams. No matter what would have happened this weekend, if Minnesota would have lost that game against almost anybody, we would have had the same opinion we do when they lost 40-3. to I don't disagree with that. I they they were a team that we that was a pretty obvious outcome. Now I didn't see it was I didn't think it was going to be that big of a blowout. Obviously Dallas killed them, but you had you always have to look at the week previous. Minnesota's coming off of their biggest win of the year. They went to Buffalo. It was the marquee game of that weekend. They found a way to win it in a miracle fashion with Josh Allen dropping a snap inside his own end zone. And that was the game that you could tell they needed that one for validation around the NFL. What happened to Dallas two weeks ago? They blew a 14-point lead to the horrible Green Bay Packers and lost in embarrassing fashion. Their head coach was questioned for a decision to not kick a field goal. Like Those were the storylines leading into that game. You had Dallas hungry and ready to prove a point, and you had Minnesota, who everybody was patting them on the back all week, saying, hey, you guys are actually a good football team. And they just they, they didn't show up last week. That thing was pretty evident You know, a quarter and a half in that Minnesota was nowhere to be found. I'm not going to throw them out. That's a good football team. Do I trust them to be a favorite to win the Super Bowl? Like That's a different conversation. But they're a good team that's going to make a lot of noise. And I think the next two weeks are interesting for them. They got New England on Thanksgiving, a team we were just talking about. The Pats' offensive situation is spot on to the way you described it. Their defense is one of the best in the league. And they can hold basically anybody down that's not named Mahomes or or, uh, Josh Allen. And so what does Kirk Cousins do against the Bill Belichick coach defense there at home? And then you get the Jets, another team who is almost identical to New England, a team that can't really score any points. They can't move the ball, especially with the injury at running back. But their defense is one of the best in the NFL. And so I think these next two weeks for Minnesota are good challenges to bounce back and prove that, you know, what? all right, we just we didn't show up against Dallas, but here we are beating two teams that are right now in the playoff picture in the AFC. So... You guys are you're, you're both going Niners in the NFC. We had a listener say it doesn't matter. It's only Bills and Chiefs that are going to win the Super Bowl this year. And I, I would say to that listener, I don't think you're wrong in feeling like those should be the favorites. That's what we were all saying last year at this time, and then the Rams won the damn thing. I, yeah, I and think, neither Mahomes or Allen got to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think that's the important note here. And by the way, Orlovsky said this, I guess, on ESPN yesterday. When Joe Burrow and the Bengals win the offensive line against defensive line matchup in a game, yeah, Joe Burrow is quite literally, to quote Rob Lowe from Parks and Rec, <laughs> the best quarterback in every category statistically. Yeah, and he's been doing it right now the last couple of weeks without Jamar Chase, who's now back at practice, by the way. So, you know, maybe Cincinnati's going to have something to say about this. I just... Even if you were to put Kansas City and Buffalo up there, I push back on the no NFC team can beat them. I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think, how, how have we not had more of a Buffalo can lose this thing the last few weeks based on the results? I mean, I know they beat uh, Cleveland this weekend, and they ended up pulling away from them pretty soundly. But before that, I mean, they, they've been a struggle bus. And maybe that's just Allen's injury, and he's feeling better now, but... I don't know how you can say that about Buffalo. And Kansas City, conversely, as great as Mahomes is, Mm -hmm. probably the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. I think that was my takeaway this weekend. I think he's the best quarterback of all time, but we're not going to put him there because he doesn't have rings. But I think he is. Uh, I think they're beatable. So, like, to that listener's point, they might be right. They're the favorites. 
but no team in the NFC. I I don't buy that at all. I I think they can get beat in the AFC. Yeah, I think the challenge. Well, I I love bringing that up because we do this every year in the NFL, and I love Josh Allen. I love the Bills. I think them winning the Super Bowl would be amazing. Don't they got to get to one first before we do this? Get to a conference like, championship. Well, they game. did two years ago. They were in the AFC championship game. They got killed by Kansas City, but they were there. Uh, so, but but for me, it's like get back, go win a Super Bowl. Like they, yeah, they they lost. That was the game that the Kansas City offensive lineman got hurt. It was right before the Tampa Super Bowl. It was Buffalo, and it was because uh, they beat the Ravens in the divisional round of the playoffs that year, I believe. Um, but, oh, but, I, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. They went to yeah. Kansas City and lost in the AFC title game last year. They lost in the divisional round in Kansas City. The other part about Buffalo, 2020, yeah, the, the yeah the, the COVID, COVID year, year, yeah. The other part of it too is that now because you scuffled a little bit and the Chiefs have found their footing after that weird loss to the Colts, like the Chiefs are now likely going to have home field advantage again in the AFC. And so all that work you did, you beat them again in the regular season, like you beat them in the regular season last year. Mm-hmm. You might have to go play them again on the road in the playoffs where you've lost to them in back-to-back postseasons. Uh, but there's just like go prove it. I want to see them win one before we do this. Look, nobody's beating Buffalo. Like I love Buffalo. I want the Bills to win. Their fans deserve it. The city deserves it. Josh Allen is awesome. McDermott's an unbelievable head coach. You got local tie-ins with Jordan Boyer. Like yes, I want to see Buffalo win. But I can't do that to them in the regular season until I see them actually go do it. If there's anybody that can beat Kansas City or Buffalo, first off, let's not sleep on some of these AFC teams, one of which beat Kansas City last year in Kansas City, and that was Cincinnati, who I think got better in the offseason. They just got out of the gate slow, so we kind of forgot about it. Be like, oh, that's right, Cincinnati won the AFC last year. But if you're going to do it in a Super Bowl setting, you have to have an elite defense. And that's where the 49ers can, can match them. They have the ability, I think, at times with a pass rush and getting pressure without blitzing and what they can do in the back end with Ufunga and Lenore, who's having a great year, Ward's a, a, a dominant corner. Like Those guys can hold you down for a bit, and they can beat you up and run the football and burn the clock. And so there's kind of a they're differing styles and differing ways of playing the game. But of, of any team in the NFC that will have a chance against a Kansas City or Buffalo, San Francisco is easily my pick. Okay. Uh, it's very interesting, man. I... I, I think this is such week-to-week stuff. I, I think in two weeks you could have a different answer from what you're saying right now. I don't think I will out of the NFC. I really don't. I, I don't. And the, it's, the Niners are not going to go undefeated. They're well, gonna, two weeks ago, people weren't buying the Niners. See, I and I was. I've always felt this way about the Niners, especially after they added Christian McCaffrey. The McCaffrey move was twofold. One, it gives Jimmy G another weapon. But two, people note the contract and the injury history. The beauty is your quarterback that you want to go with next year is still on a rookie deal. That's why you make that trade. And I would put it past them with the rumors with the Brady stuff of trying to make a move for one season with the old with the old grizzled bag of bones coming over from You Tampa. do buy the Brady stuff? I do, yeah. I, I think no matter what, they're moving off of Jimmy G this, this offseason. And if they, they have a ready-to-win roster. That's that's It's risky if you hand it to a rookie quarterback. It was going to be risky this year. We didn't get to see how it played out because he got hurt in week one. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not fully confident in Trey Lance. I'm saying, let's see what we can do here with the old man. Uh, a couple little news and notes to get to coming up next. And then we got Mike Doc Parker coming up at the bottom of the hour. So we'll dive back into the college football world. Uh, Dirt and Sprague back with more on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Got a couple of news and notes I want to get to before we get to Mike Doc Parker. Uh, I hope I'm not stepping on any toes here. Don't you dare step on my toes. Did you have women's final four in your notes? I actually didn't, no. Did you see what happened? I did see, and I totally forgot about it, yeah. That happened, like, right when we got off the air. It did, yeah. Uh, Portland was uh, rewarded with the 2030 Women's Final Four. That's very cool. It's awesome. Yep. Pilots, uh, the pilots, along with the Rose Quarter Trailblazers and Sport Oregon, put in a joint bid. So the University of Portland will be the host. Oh, UP's the host? Yeah, they're the school that's sponsoring it. They got a good ladies program, too. They do. Yeah. They're struggling a little bit with some injuries, but... Uh... Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was pretty cool. Final I mean, it's four awesome, here. man. I, it's just, we we deserve it. This is a great... <laughs> we, deserve, we, we do, deserve, man. We we deserve, does yeah. any city in the country support women's sports more than Portland? Not I, many. Not many. Like, Nate, is there any other women's soccer league that supports their team like Portland does? There's only, what, 12 teams in the league, so it's not a ton, but it ain't even close, man. I'm trying to think if there is another one that supports it the way Portland does. You'd have to go to the WNBA probably, but we don't have a WNBA team, so that's unfair. If we had a WNBA yeah. team, they would nearly sell out every day. I, 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 well, the know, fire when the fire was here in whatever league that was, they were it was well the WNBA. Supported. Yes, it was the WNBA. Yeah, it still was a WNBA. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was another there was another women's league that started up around the same time. Oh. I, you've always heard rumors about us getting the fire back. How do we not have a WNBA team? It is pretty mind What are they doing? It seems like an easy like layup money-wise. Too. Can I look at WNBA cities? I guarantee you within like 10 seconds, I'm going to be able to tell you five cities that are dumb and shouldn't have a team. I'd really like to be able to take my daughter to a WNBA game in the summer. That'd be great. Like, how does Las Vegas have a fe- woman's the, team? The Aces. Minnesota, Indiana's the got it. The Indiana Fever? Yeah. How does Indiana have a WNBA team? Tamika Catchings, baby. Come on, get out of here. Catch the fever. Get out of here. The Atlanta Dream. Like, come on. We would support women's basketball better than the Atlanta Dream does. Uh, I, I have no reference on that, but I'm just running with it. Yeah, I like that you run with it. Uh, I like that we got the Final Four. That'll be really cool in 2030. Yep. 
Um, That's the only tough part was like it's like future college football scheduling. Like, yeah. hey, big news. Well, usually I imagine they'll get a, I imagine <laughs> they'll get at least one, maybe two West regionals before that to start. I remember when Oregon was the one seed and got yeah. to play in Portland a couple of years back. Yep. That was what, twenty nineteen? Something I think? like that. That was the year they went to the Final Four and ended up losing, but that was that was really cool. I went to that. I think I went to their first game. They played the Jackrabbits. Yeah, a lot of controversy around that because you rooted for Oregon. How dare you? I rooted for Sabrina Inescu. How dare you? How dare you? I can't support a great athlete. How eh? dare you? Yeah, that's uh, those are weirdos. People that have that belief. <laughs> um, I saw this yesterday and I kind of chuckled. And I think I know what they're they know what they're doing here. K two, our local channel. Yes, Channel Two News. Very familiar with it. At K2 News tweeted, what do you think? More with a bit.ly link. And it's an image that says, what do you think the Ducks versus Beavers rivalry game should be called? You want to dive into those replies? Oh, (sighs) God. I'm sure that's a nice, friendly place on the Internet. That's a fun corner that I would have spent 20 minutes in. A lot of... Alpha, no alpha, woke, not woke. A lot of that response. Beta. Do any of these people that post the exact same thing as each other, like, know that they're just all throwing up the same stuff? Uh, No. I also enjoy when it comes from name followed by 15 numbers with an egg picture. Like, those are my favorite ones. That's a, yeah. When you get that, when you get that person on Twitter, like, oh, oh, yeah, you're criticizing me? Really intimidating. Are you even a real person is what I kind of just go to in my brain. Right. Are you are you catfishing? Are you really a lady that's trying to be a man? Uh, Don seems to want you to know in these PC-sensitive times, they would probably change the word war oh. to the more soft and polite-sounding unrest, the civil unrest bowl. <laughs> Actually, civil unrest isn't bad. It's too, I've seen people it say, sound good. I've seen people just say, why don't we just call it the war? Mm, is that too controversial? No. Just. You know, Ohio State-Michigan doesn't even have a name for their game. It's just the game. The game. It's Ohio State-Michigan. No, it's not the game. The game is Harvard-Yale. The big game is Cal-Stanford. It's just Ohio (laughs) State-Michigan. I'm telling you, they call it the game. (laughs) Nobody cares about Harvard and Yale. What is this, an SAT off? What are we doing here? Talking about football. Real, Real football. I did like this one response in the replies, though. This is from MC Heimer. Sure. I think teachers should be paid more than football coaches. Yeah, that was yeah, it. There you go. <laughs> well done, MC. Uh, she was not met with a lot of uh, oh, a lot of angry replies. Yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of gotta replies. gotta know your room there. Gotta yeah. know your audience yeah, where you're yeah. where you're jumping at. into the K two mentions with that take. I love it. The overpriced mediocre education bowl. <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't know why we can't just run with the platy. Bring back the platypus trophy and call it the platy. This is such an easy answer. I I don't know. Who doesn't like that? It's funny. I don't know. I think it's, it's pretty, the mix of the two animals. Yeah, the trophy I, used to be a platypus. Because we have an ego trip in this damn city, and so every writer, every medium, <laughs> they have to be the one to have the, it's got to be my name. <laughs> Everybody wants to be the one that has the name, and so nobody's going to agree to it. Look, I'm running with what the listener told me on Saturday, that our 7 a.m. hour is the best hour radio in Portland. Screw the 6 and 8 o'clock hours, and that we should we should name the the uh, matchup, and I'm naming it. It's the platy. We're going with the platy. I'm calling it the platy. It's platy week. Happy platy week. Uh, and finally, I know you're not going to get to this at all. I'm sure you're doing, you don't even know this is going on. If you do, I will be pleasantly surprised. Oh, okay. Ben Simmons return night to Philly. I do know that's going on. 
Give me a TNT. Just because I saw a news clip of him after his last game, and there was a reporter that said, uh, "Do you think with the extra time that's passed, that Philly's not going to be as hard on you?" And he like he gave a really funny face and laughed. He's like, "In Philly? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> of course they're going to murder me. I know what's going to happen. He knows what he's going to get tonight. I'm going to watch." How do you not watch? I'm not going to watch the whole game. you got to watch, watch the starting lineup, yes. the beginning. How First quarter. They're going to boo him every time he touches the ball. He's going to get the Ray Felton treatment. Why did we boo him every time he touched the ball? Ray Felton? No, uh, Ben Simmons. When Brooklyn, we didn't talk about that. Oh. Brooklyn was in town, and we booed him every time he touched the ball. Because there were reports that he didn't want to play in Portland. Oh, okay. And nobody really backed up some of those claims. Yeah. So I, it was like a misguided booing, I guess. Like or it, we just really don't care about people's <laughs> mental health. <laughs> We're so caring and so accepting, and then when it comes to people's mental health on a different team, we're like, screw you! <laughs> you calm app, nerd! We were. I was down at, uh, what game was it? Well, the, hello uh, there. The, the Washington game, <laughs> the Oregon-Washington game. They, they probably do this in Corvallis, too, but they air like a Pac-12 mental health video on the Jumbotron before the game, like close to kickoff. So the, the stands are basically full, and it's Cam Rising and Caleb Williams and all the, the big faces around the conference. They come on, and it's like, you know, hey, we need to take our mental health seriously. We need to talk about issues, blah, blah, blah. It's this whole mental health thing. And every time a player that wasn't on Oregon's team showed up on the screen, the whole stadium booed. And I just started laughing like, like, this is a PSA for mental health awareness. It's like Lincoln Riley. You know, we need to take this series. Boo! You Bob Lincoln! I hate USC! It's like you're kind of proving the point right now. You're kind of proving the point. Seems like you guys need to be looking into mental health. <laughs> We're booing people. Dusty and I looked at each other like, do they realize they're booing a mental health awareness video? I don't know if they realize that. I think they do, but I think that's what they enjoy about doing it so much. <laughs> you suck! I don't care if you get out. <laughs> that guy, I want him to get out. Oh, God. Uh, so Ben Simmons' return night in Philly. Are we expecting anything from Ben Simmons? No, not at all. He's not going to shoot, but I am excited to watch, and I will watch the first quarter. I do. I don't mean to say this lightly. I do think he's going to be too scared to shoot. Yeah, he, I think he's too scared to shoot in normal games. He's not going to shoot in this one. Actually, had a good game against Portland when they were here. He went bad, yeah. He actually Probably his best game of the year. He's still a good all-around player. He just can't shoot. He just doesn't want to shoot either. Yeah. 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 So we got that. Uh, Mike Doc Parker, play-by-play voice for the Oregon State Beavers. Get an early look here of the Oregon-Oregon State game, formerly known or some still reference it as the Civil War. Mike Doc Parker, get his thoughts on this matchup. Oregon State, the way they've played the last couple weeks, and what he thinks of Oregon so far from what he has seen and or read about. Mike Doc Parker joins us for the Daily Ticker. Don't forget the mail sack at 815. It can be a Thanksgiving-themed mail sack today if you want. Uh, so any and all questions, welcome at 503-250-1080. But Mike Doc Parker joins us next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time: baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this... Let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. It's Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday. Brought to you on a fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Don't forget the mail sack coming up in the final hour of the show. Get your questions in 503-250-1080. Sports, non-sports related. We will answer them. Thanksgiving questions. Whatever you want to fire at us. Uh, because it is Thanksgiving week. That's kind of flying under the radar for me. It's one of those like I pull my head up at the end of Tuesday and I'm like, oh, yeah, Thanksgiving's in two days. Yeah, I'm hosting for my mom and my little brother, and uh, I'm not at all ready. I got the biggest thing yesterday, but I'm actually looking forward to something. I, I want to get into like what we're most looking forward to eating. Okay. Because I'm not traditional Thanksgiving guy. Love me some good mashed potatoes and gravy. Of course. I love a good roll, a good warm roll. Yeah, rolls go anywhere. You could eat rolls anytime, okay. any meal. It fits everything. Yep. We're doing steak and salmon. Uh, but I'm actually most looking forward to deviled eggs. I love deviled eggs. I love me some good <laughs> deviled eggs. I mean, they're horrible for my gas issues, but just delightful. <laughs> they smell terrible, but God, they taste good on the way down. Yeah, I read a fact about uh, it, it. It's good for your blood pressure to fart. Well, then I got great blood pressure, buddy. That's to say, your blood <laughs> pressure probably thanks you for farting. I'm healthy as an ox, man. But yeah, last uh, Halloween we made deviled eggs, and we had a pretty sizable party. <laughs> and I was somebody's like, "Do you want one?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> and I went back like 40 minutes later; they were all gone. You I didn't get, get in any. quick. They, they didn't get any. I feel like the tubeness is way worse than it has been in uh, recent interviews. Substantially, hey, yeah. We're gonna run with it. Uh, let's talk to the voice of the Oregon State Beavers, our good friend Mike Doc Parker at M E P O S U on Twitter. Doc, what are you most looking forward to eating on Thanksgiving? Mm. <laughs> you know, I haven't. That's a great question, guys, because <laughs> at uh, noon. At the Portland Memorial Coliseum, I'll be calling Beaver Duke basketball, which in the world of preparations, the last game that I called for Beaver men's hoops was against Bushnell University, an NAIA school out of Eugene. And it took uh, some pretty deep digging and and trying to find whatever information I could about Bushnell Northwest Christian College, whereas Duke basketball into a search engine, a few things pop up in the history of the game, and, and 25 current players on NBA rosters, including Justice Winslow, and you know, so that I don't have time to go through everything that would be available to prepare for that basketball game, and then another basketball game on Friday, then a little football skirmish on Saturday, then another basketball game (laughs) on Sunday. So you know what? I haven't even given 
food eating a thought. I'm hoping just somebody saves me a late plate when I come back from Portland Thursday night for whatever they have for me. I'll, I'll receive it gladly Thursday back in Corvallis, then eat, sleep, turn around, go back to Portland and do another game. Uh, Doc, uh, you have famously one of the best calls of all time when Jared Cunningham uh, ended up having a put-back dunk in, in a game. You have one of the best calls, and I feel like while you're great at making the call – You've you've let us down here. We gave you an easy alley oop, and you could have just said duck. I'm looking forward to eating duck on oh, Thanksgiving. Ah, okay, okay. See now, I wasn't really again. I think it's just I'm trying to tell you guys that I guess I'm beyond uh, at this point thinking about eating or food or anything else. All I'm just buried in preparation for games. But I like your suggestion, although I will tell you. I've never been a big fan of, of that as a, as a meal. Okay. Uh, we had duck soup as a tradition at one time on New Year's Eve. The tradition lasted one New Year's Eve. We were going to have duck soup on <laughs> New Year's Eve and watch the Marx Brothers 1933 classic by the same name, Duck Soup. And, again, that was a one-year tradition in our, in our household. <laughs> so I'm not a huge fan of it. We'll keep that secret between us. We won't let any Beaver fans know that you don't enjoy eating uh, eating duck. I, I was on my way down to Eugene this weekend, Doc, and I was listening to your call, and it felt like, you know, the way that they pulled away at the end of the first half and then really opened things up at this at the start of the third quarter. I, you know, you've been around this team obviously all season. They're going into their biggest game of the year. It, it feels like they're playing as good as they have, and especially at the quarterback position. What'd you make of their win in Tempe and the way they look Saturday? It was uh, the impressive thing about it was just the very fact, first of all, that they won because, you know, I mean, the, the, the books, the notes were incorrect. Uh, the AP and other services were saying this was the Beavers' second win there since 1972 against ASU. In 72, they lost. That was only their second win in 53 years there, going back to 1969. So just to see them win was notable in its own right in that stadium. But the way they did it, as you're suggesting, is absolutely right. They controlled, uh, dominated the game, pulled away their best. Compl- I think they're, they're, the fact that it was on the road in a place where they historically have had a really difficult time playing a team that had rolled up a lot of points and yards and beaten the Huskies in that same stadium. I, I just thought it was the most impressive, complete game of the year. And to your point about uh, ben Branson at quarterback, yes, his best game, particularly the way they, you know, he got yards with his legs and yeah. a quarterback draw for a touchdown. I mean, I, he's no Bo Nix in that respect. Depending on Bo's health, though, maybe Ben's going to be uh, the guy who can do a few more things come uh, come Saturday afternoon. But the fact that he did those things uh, going into the biggest stage and, and biggest game of his career Saturday, I think that's a big confidence builder for Ben. Well, styles make fights, Doc. What have you made of Oregon the last couple of weeks? And how do you, when you try to envision, I think we all do this, right? We read about teams. We look at stats. We look at some of the games. We all try to envision how that game goes in our brains. What are you seeing when you see Oregon, Oregon State uh, on Saturday? Yeah, the, the biggest concern, I guess, from, from watching the Oregon-Utah game, which unbelievably we got back an early game in Tempe. Normally we get back at three thirty-four in the morning after those night affairs at Sun Devil stadium, we got back and I was able to see almost all of uh, that game uh, and recorded it of course, and have watched some of it back since, but 
there's been a kind of a popular narrative in, in terms of how maybe people are predicting or envisioning the game that the Beavers will be able to, to run the football and, and perhaps control the clock that way, run the football, not have a, a quarterback in Cole Branson who's grown into the ability to get the Beavers in and out of the right kinds of run plays, uh, using bootleg action and, and getting enough out of the passing game, taking an occasional shot down the field and, and controlling the game in a sense with the ability to run Martinez. And, and I, I saw a pretty stout, salty Oregon defense against Utah. I just mm-hmm. thought their defensive line uh, was tough. Their edge players, their interior players, deflecting passes, uh, yeah, Utah has a good running game, and I thought they made it look pretty ordinary. So I feel like Oregon has come around, and then in the secondary, they were opportunistic. I know Cam Rising had a bad game, but I just thought Oregon's defense, which you know has been supposedly, if they have some vulnerability, that's you know a, a place where I, I've been thinking going into this over the last few weeks that at Reeser, the Beavers would be able to take advantage of some of that. I do think Oregon's playing its best defense, but on the other side of it, I think uh, the Beavs are, and that, you know, I say playing their best defense after what Washington did to them. But, you know, that's still, I puzzle, and Jim Wilson on our broadcast said the same thing. How do you, if you're Oregon, get 32 first downs, 592 yards of offense, and lose? (laughs) And in, in that classic game, they managed, that was a great football game, but they did contrive a way to do that uh, even when their defense wasn't as stout as it was against rising in Utah. So it's hard for me to read Oregon in that respect. I expect both teams to play good defense. And I think this is where, you know, I I don't know what Bo Nix's mobility will be like, but that's a huge, obviously a huge difference. If he's not considerably better and isn't back to his usual form come Saturday afternoon, even with Bucky Irving running it well, and he's a tough back, really tough, uh, leads the conference and missed, you know, making guys miss and breaking tackles. He's good. But I, I like the Beaver defense and the way they're playing. If they get Alex Austin back, and I'm expecting that, then they've got two really good corners that I think make it a little bit more difficult for, for Knicks to get the big plays downfield to his receivers like he was able to do a couple of times, even hobbled against Utah. So I, I – it's a long answer to a question about how do I envision the matchup? <laughs> I envision a very uh, good uh, competitive down to the wire football game with the Beavers at home having a, a slight edge because of the ability to run it. And I think defend Oregon a little bit better than other teams have been able to. Yeah. To your point too, on Oregon's defense, if they show up again this weekend, we might have one of those low scoring defensive struggles in Corvallis. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Does the name, does the game need a nickname doc? You know, I don't know if it needs it. I, I think it does. Uh, I, You know, I, I would prefer this, you know, calling it the rivalry game is just a little wearisome, tedious after right. a while. Well, the rivalry game, and that's sort of what either that or people in the vernacular and in conversations I'm having are just kind of slipping back into the old usage. Are you going to the Civil War? Mike, any extra tickets for the Civil War? And I said, there's no such thing. There's no such event. I have no tickets for a Civil War. You know, so, but, but, but I, I noticed that conversations are drifting. I don't know if you guys have always carried on with a name. I don't know. But even people that, in theory, are supposed to not call it that are still saying what times the Civil War yeah, kick yeah. off, you know, that type of thing. So 
it's drifting back almost organically to everybody just still calling it that. So to avoid that, in a sense, they either need to go in, they, the powers that be, would need to allow it to kind of reassume its place as the name, which I doubt is going to happen, or come up with something else. So I, I'm okay with calling it the rivalry game, but I, there's got to be some much cleverer people in the world thinking about it and working on it who are going to come up with something pretty good, I hope. Yeah, Doc, if, if Oregon can slow the run game down for Oregon State, mm-hmm. which would not only surprise you or me, but if they can do that, the one area we've seen Oregon be vulnerable is through the air. Now, Cam Rising couldn't do it, but right. a week prior, obviously Dub yes. and Penix are one of the more elite passing games. What have you seen from Gilbranson that would leave you maybe optimistic that he can – if given the opportunity, yeah. pick the the secondary apart a little bit for State because it feels like he's gonna need to do it if they're gonna yes. pull off the upset. Yeah, they're they're going to have to get something from the passing game. But what I I do think that Brian Lindgren, the coordinator, and Jonathan have put some stuff in there for him. The bootleg action has been really good, and Jack Velling has emerged as a legitimate threat and target in that game when he's on the move. Uh, in bootleg action and even off of play action, when the run game is somewhat effective, that's when they can take their shots. It's all there are times they were t- against Arizona State where I felt like they could have just kept running it, but they wanted to. I think in it with the idea looking ahead to this game uh, that Ben's got to be able if the run game's somewhat productive then the play action becomes uh, an opportunity for Ben to hit some big stuff downfield he's only thrown one interception as a starting quarterback that's good news because Oregon's coming off a big game against Cam Rising Bennett Williams in particular taking the ball away so he's got to make great decisions but as long as the run game is uh, serviceable or productive or in its usual mode then I do think Ben's going to get some shots and he's got to he's got to make good throws and his receivers have got to make sure that they're catching the balls and and making the big hits when they present themselves because you're right they're going to need they're going to need a couple of those during the course of the game they can't just run the ball constantly and I think Ben's growing into a role and they've given him stuff that he can execute pretty well yeah I love your point, too, on him not turning the ball over. Run the ball, play defense, be smart, and you're going to win a lot of games. Last one for you, Doc, because I know you're busy. Uh, you mentioned the Austin injury. Jaden Grant missed the game. Coletto's been out. Any updates on some of those guys and how healthy they're feeling this weekend? You know, it's a, Jonathan, as is, is I expected from a twofold standpoint, was a, not, you know, he didn't declare anyone fully out or fully in, in his <laughs> yeah. press availability yesterday, a little bit coy. And I expect that from both sides, it, it, it happens that way, you know, going into almost every game. I, I'm a little more optimistic uh, about uh, Jack Coletto's return than, than perhaps Jaden Grant. Uh, and it, I was about to say on the other side, but Jack plays all sides, every <laughs> side, every yeah. game. It's pretty amazing. I, we feel he ought to just, they ought to, the Paul Horning people ought to come in and present him the Paul Horning Award before the game. You know, just, hey, we don't need a ceremony. Here it is. You got it. I mean, the, the things that he's done all year, and they were fortunate to be in a situation with the Sun Devils to not miss him in the sense of controlling that thing and not needing the quote-unquote Coletto package in certain situations. I think it will serve them very well to have him back against Oregon, and I'm optimistic in that direction. 
Jaden, eh, I'm not so sure. Uh, I, yeah. I think we may have to wait that one out. And Anthony Gould is another when you talk about Gould Branson making plays in the passing game. Gould is a guy, if the ball's near him, he usually reels it in. He's got, he's tough, makes some big catches. They could certainly use him back. And I'm not, you know, again, I'm not terribly optimistic about that. Grant and Gould, I'm a little worried about. And that's unfortunate because there's, you know, the, this game, it means a lot to everybody. But, you know, as Oregonians, I do think that, you know, they've they've grown up with a, a sense of what the game's all about and and have a feel you know, even though Gould came in later, he's he's got a feel for what this event is all about, and so does Jaden. You'd love to see those those young men get a chance to play in it. We'll see. Yeah, amen to that. Mike Parker is the voice of the Beavers at MEP OSU on Twitter. Go give him a follow. You are busy. you got basketball. you got football. You're probably not a lot of sleep in between, but we always appreciate the time. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Have a great call, and enjoy what is one of the, the most enjoyable weeks of college football in the state of Oregon. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. Thanks a lot, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, and thanks for having me on. And I'll, I'll driving back and forth on I-5 and over to 34 and Highway 99, et cetera. I'll be thinking about what it is I really do like on Thanksgiving Day. Thanks to you guys. Talk you to go. you soon. Thanks. There you go. Mike Doc Parker. Great stuff from the voice of the Beavs. Uh, let, let's let's react to a couple things you said there injury-wise, especially Oregon State. We haven't talked about that enough. Incredibly banged up the last couple of weeks. Also, the trash talk has begun, and our mentions are a cesspool. We'll get into that next on the field. Well, sad news yesterday for all the uh, video game bros out there. EA Sports announced their NCAA football not coming back until 2024. Got to wait another year. It's a big deal. This is a big deal, man. It's a big is deal. This, do they have to now that there's NIL stuff? Oh, do they're they... going all in. Yeah, they're paying players. They're giving them all a chunk of the chunk of the pie. Well, yeah, I just imagine there's the legal ramifications of how you set that up is, you know, a hundredfold more complicated than it was when you could just do it with the NCA. So did Elon buy it and then they just quit or what happened here? Why is EA delaying this a year? Uh, I they just I they, I guess they aren't delaying it but people speculated that it was going to come out this summer. Because they announced like a year and a half ago the game would come back once the NIL stuff started to become clear. Like, hey, we can do this and pay players and all that. So everybody kind of assumed it was coming out this year. And then EA Sports came out yesterday and said, no, it's not coming out until 2024. So maybe it wasn't delayed a year. But nonetheless, a a bummer for college football video game fans. It is the greatest video game of all time. And I'm very excited for when it comes out in 2024. Uh, How are you feeling about the injuries in Oregon State's secondary because that's a, that's a concern right now, right? I mean, with, the, with a couple of guys out, it sounds like Jane Grant might not be able to go again, but you're getting some others back. Uh, we've talked a lot about Oregon's injuries and offensive line and Bo Nix and all that, but we haven't we haven't talked much about Oregon State's injuries and how healthy they are. Uh, yeah, I mean, Oregon, I, I called this the banged-up bowl because that's kind of what it is on both sides. And, you know, Doc's saying Jaden Grant and Anthony Gold, he's, he's worried about that, game-time decisions. I mean, you, you do feel bad for local kids when they can't play in this, especially – like Jaden's in year seven. Yeah, this is it for him. He doesn't have another year of eligibility up his sleeve, and so I'd, I'd like to see him play. Obviously, he helps them on the field, but I just I like when the local kids go to either one of these schools and get to participate in the game. It's 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 unfortunate, man. Um, if they don't have Gould and they don't have Jaden though, and I know Alex Austin also didn't play in their last game. It, it, that's concerning. I don't know how that's not concerning. I don't know what the health status of Bo Nix in that ankle is. Probably not going to be all that different, I'd imagine, just because it seems like it's a pretty bad injury. But it, he could pick Utah apart it, without Jaden Grant 
and maybe Austin, and we'll see if Gold on the offensive side. But if you're mm-hmm. missing a couple key secondary guys, man, um, God bless Rajon Wright. But outside of that, you're just Oladapo. You hope can step up. They've got some dudes, but Jaden Grant's pretty important to what they do. Alex Austin's been pretty important to what they are. Um, I just I hate seeing it, and it's gonna play. A, it's gonna have an impact. I think on both sides for both teams. If they're missing key dudes, it's gonna change maybe the, the outcome of this game because of how heavy and reliant they are on so many of these players. You mentioned uh, Jaden Grant being done the end of his road seven years. Did you know, and I found this out this weekend, did you know that Cam McCormick has another year of eligibility? Isn't Cam McCormick also in, like, year seven? He he was a 2016 high school recruit. His first year at Oregon wild. was 2017. But he was injured for two full seasons, and so he still has technically another year of eligibility if he wants it. So he he's met, been at Oregon since 2017. So he was recruited by Mark Helfrich, and now yes, he's playing yes, for Dan Lanning. Yes. What's what's he wow. getting a doctorate in? He already has his master's. What is it in? Uh, like advertising journalism. Oh, okay. All right. He graduated in like three and a half years. He's and probably was, got a kick-ass job at Nike as soon as his <laughs> career's done. He's like, well, I'm still here, so he went and got his master's, and he's in like one class right now he, just so he can be eligible to play. Either that or he's going to be a professor. Professor next year if he comes back. <laughs> like he said, he, he's not sure if he's coming back or not. But I, I was like, there's no way, right? And he's like, yeah, because the COVID rule, and he got the whatever they call the gray shirts when you're injured for an entire season. He got those, and so he has another year of eligibility. But not Jaden Grant, and I'm with you. That would be a bummer if he can't play. I One feel last like we have the, Civil War. the inside track to that injury, and you're not using it. The Jaden Grant thing, yeah. I don't want. I'm not. I you know. I, I got sources, but I'm not going to reveal it over the air. Oregon State doesn't talk about injuries. You talked about the sources on Monday. <laughs> yeah, come on. I got. So I know people. All right, I'm plugged in. He was at I'm, your sources' house. I'm plugged in in high circles. Okay, I don't know what you want from me here. You should just text your source and say, "Is he going to play?" Uh, when I, it doesn't sound. It, it was a less than fifty percent chance. Oh. That's brutal. As of last Saturday. The gold one's actually probably a little bigger for them. Like, Jaden has been amazing for them defensively. Great college player. Gould, Mike Mike is right. Gould has a big catch radius. Yep. And if you're going to take one of the key deep threat targets away, I just I could see Oregon not necessarily stopping but bottling up the run. And so Martinez goes from what he had against ASU to maybe 110, 115. I could see that. You're going to need an Anthony Gould as a target for Ben Golbranson. Yeah. And you're just going to have to pass the ball against this Oregon team if you're really going to want to pull the upset off. Yep. So there you go. A couple injury notes. Thanks again to Mike Doc Parker, the voice of the Beavs. If you missed that, uh, we'll podcast it as soon as we are done here. We had some fun trash talk that began yesterday. I want to get into that. The mail sack coming up at 8.15 to get your questions in. Uh, 503-250-1080, sports, non-sports related. We'll get to those. A couple other NFL notes on our NFL Tuesday leftovers. And the Blazers stumbled last night. Can we stop wearing the carpet jerseys? we got a lot to get to in the final hour. Look, we're Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 